This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Tuesday, August 1st. Good morning. I'm Jeff Kelly. Here's today's headlines. Conaway promises to skip the deadline drama for the 2018 Farm Bill. The Philippines get biggest share of increased sugar TRQ. Rice Group to Trump. Trade deals are good. If you're looking for Farm Bill drama like the kind that plagued the last couple of versions, House Agriculture Committee Chairman Mike Conaway is hoping to disappoint you. The Ag Committee staff is set to begin laying down the foundation for the House version of the 2018 Farm Bill in the next four to eight weeks. Conaway said, stressing that he is determined to wrap up the massive five-year blueprint for U.S. farm policy no later than the first quarter of next year. If he's successful, that would be several months ahead of deadline. The current 2014 Farm Bill expires on September 30, 2018. Conaway said, quote, I am driven to get it done before it expires. The drama associated with expiration and short-term extensions and permanent law threats, I hope you need to go to a different theater to experience that this time because we're going to get it done. Conaway spoke after a three-hour Farm Bill listening session yesterday in San Angelo, Texas. The Philippines gets biggest share of increased sugar TRQ. USDA announced about a week ago that it was allowing about 414,000 tons of extra sugar into the U.S. for the remainder of the 2017 fiscal year, much of which will be supplied by Mexico. The rest will be supplied by a long list of sugar-producing countries. U.S. Trade Representative unveiled how much each will be able to sell into the tightly restricted market. It won't come as a surprise to the U.S. food and sugar refining sectors that the Philippines, a major producer, is getting the biggest allowance under the new tariff rate quota of about 49,000 tons. Australia gets about 30,000 tons, Guatemala about 17,000 tons, Argentina about 16,000 tons, and the remainder goes to countries like Brazil and Colombia. U.S. companies that make bread, cookies, cake, candy, and donuts don't care too much about where sugar comes from so long as the U.S. imports more of it. The U.S. consumes more sugar than farmers here produce, but the market is protected by a complex government system designed to safeguard U.S. farmers and refiners from influxes of foreign product. Rice Group to Trump. Trade deals are good. The Commerce Department and USTR still have another three months to put together a report for President Donald Trump that summarizes all of the trade investment agreements, bilateral and multilateral, the U.S. has ever entered into. But the U.S. Rice Federation is already weighing in. If you look at the 15 largest export markets for U.S. rice last year, 65% of those sales were to markets where the United States has a trade agreement or access because of our membership in the World Trade Organization, that USA Rice Chief Operations Officer Bob Cummings had a statement released yesterday. When looking at total U.S. rice exports, 57% go to markets where we have trade agreements. Trump signed the executive order titled Addressing Trade Agreement Violations and Abuses on April 29th. It gives Commerce and USTR 180 days to assess the success of trade deals the U.S. has entered into, including the North American Free Trade Agreement and those associated with membership in the World Trade Organization. 
For rice farmers who depend heavily on exporting their grain, trade deals are almost always good deals. The group said the U.S.-Columbia trade agreement opened a completely new market and established a long-term stream of funding for domestic rice research. Taken together, U.S. rice exports to Japan, Korea, and Taiwan were 568,000 metric tons in 2016, and rice, along with other agriculture products, is one of the bright spots in our trade relations with these markets. These markets would not exist today if not for the WTO. EPA to hold hearing on biofuel mandates. Prepare to tune in today for the Environmental Protection Agency's public hearing on the proposed 2018 Renewable Volume Obligations. It's a controversial topic since a court decision last week that slammed the EPA's decision to reduce the RVOs. Separately, the biofuel industry, along with governors of Iowa and Nebraska, will speak to reporters on a conference call. Rottenberg takes over FSIS. Yesterday was officially Al Amanza's last day at USDA after a 39-year stint in the department's Food Safety and Inspection Service. Carmen Rottenberg, previously Amanza's chief of staff, is now acting deputy undersecretary for FSIS, and Paul Kicker is the agency's acting administrator. Amanza filled both of those roles before leaving. Amanza was named FSIS administrator during the George W. Bush administration and kept the title throughout the eight years of the Obama administration. Exfoliate with soy, Purdue grads form company. Four recent Purdue graduates are behind a startup company to develop and bring to market a new soy microbead technology designed to fill the gap left by the banning of plastic microbeads. Soyfoliate is the company. Its products are soy-based exfoliating beads used in cosmetic and soap products. Purdue grad Samuel Lewis said, Soy has several biodegradable and hydrophilic properties that make it a great substitute to plastic microbeads. Plastic beads do not absorb water, and soy can over time. To mitigate the problem, we mixed our beads with small amounts of oil to prevent water from saturating the beads and decreasing their rigid properties. Under a federal law passed in 2015, manufacturing of plastic microbeads was scheduled to stop July 1st. Sales of products containing plastic microbeads will no longer be allowed January 1st, 2018. Here's today's She Said It. Getting a marijuana plant from a hemp plant is about like getting a Great Dane from two chihuahuas. That's Sheila Hemphill, the policy director for the Texas Hemp Industry Association, arguing to the House Agriculture Committee during yesterday's listening session in San Angelo that farmers should be able to grow the plant because it has nothing to do with its narcotic relative, marijuana. You can't get high from hemp, she stressed, but you can grow a crop that produces food, fiber, and building materials and needs half as much water as cotton. Well, that's Daybreak for this Tuesday, August 1st. AgriPulse Daybreak is brought to you by FLM Harvest, a hybrid strategic consulting, marketing, and communications company that delivers innovative solutions and meaningful results to clients across the farm, food, environmental sciences, and lifestyle spectrum. For more information, please visit WideOpenThinking.com. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Jeff Nelly.